My guest today is a voice actor and writer who has been in the industry since 2017. They've been involved in a number of projects from fan dubs ranging from Sonic to Scooby-Doo to video games and even to political satire in the form of their parody series entitled What Really Happens Inside the House of Commons, which follows the footsteps of such shows as Spitting Image and Yes Minister. They're currently working on a Doramon fan dub where they'll be playing the character of Sneets. Ashley Casey Tyrell, welcome to the show. Now, for those of us who are unaware, what is a fan dub? Uh, well, it's it's a dub of something that's already been dubbed, or at least that already exists, that rather than having big name voice actors do it, it's usually like indie voice actors. Oh, cool. And well, and essentially there's all, usually a lot more comedy in the in fan dubs than there are in like official dubs. Despite that though, some fan dubs do not have much, if not any comedy. Mm-hmm. So you, can you like use the mediums to tell different stories or do you kind of stick as close as possible to the meaning? It depends really, because with something like an Ace Attorney fandom that was one of my inspirations for voice acting, mm-hmm. uh, they both simultaneously sold, told, the same sto- told the same story as Dual Destinies, but also told a very different story, which I'm still amazed at how they actually managed to get working. Oh, cool. Uh, it's, it's just so, I honestly recommend checking it out. Yeah, no, I definitely will because I've been going through the list that you um, sent me. And I know um, sort of following other voice actors, uh, particularly those in critical role, they've talked in various interviews about dubbing over anime. Um, so it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? It's, it's that way to practice and to kind of learn your skills. Yeah, yeah. Oh, epic. So you mentioned Ace Attorney was one of the things that got you into voice acting? Yep. T- tell me tell me about that. Was that just something you decided to do one day or was it something you thought a long time about? Um, actually, it happened during my like second playthrough of Ace Attorney 5. Okay. Like, well, like not exactly just Ace Attorney 5. Like, that was the main century of it. But back before then... When I played a few Ace Attorney games, I used to like just randomly dub over them, even though like all I really had access to was the demo of the iOS version. Mm-hmm. So it's just really cases one and two of the first game. Yeah. But I just used to like just pretend to dub over them, even though I had no way of recording it. That was before 2017. So it was just really to myself. Yeah. Hopefully that will make sense. Yeah, no, that does. So it sounds to me like voice acting is something that you've kind of, you almost do naturally. Yeah, honestly, I feel like it's partly because I've just always had an interest in acting as a whole, really. Can you point like to a specific time where that interest started? Well, I'd probably say like late 2017 with a college project. Mm -hmm. Tell Tell me about that project. Well... Because like it's college project, not A wasn't even really allowed to release it online, and B, it, at this point, it's been lost. It's lost to time. But basically, we had to make a stop motion animation, and alongside like making photos, like doing the, taking the photos and making sets and stuff like that for the show, 
I also provided the voice for the narrator mm-hmm. who like was in who basically narrated the entire thing. And well, the where I recorded it was a very bad idea, but at the time I knew jack shit about <laughs> like voice acting. We we gotta start somewhere though. Uh, what what course were you doing? Uh digital tech. Digital tech. Uh what what is that? Uh, well, digital media to be more specific, but basically like it's both soft computer software, like so stuff like and like how to maintain a computer, mm-hmm. but also like some more some more of the creative side of it. So like game development and, and like animation, as previously mentioned, and stuff like that. Oh, epic. Uh sounds like it's like a like a well-rounded course then. Yeah, honestly, I still have my knowledge of I still know how to make a 2D game in Unity, even nice. though it's been like years, even though it's been a good few years since I've done it. Yeah. So we mentioned there, like sort of that project on, on your course that um, sort of was, was one of the catalysts. But were there anyone that sort of inspired you to go into voice acting? Mike Pollock, definitely, hands down. I don't know that name. So do you want to tell me a bit about him? Uh, he's been, he's mostly known for voicing Dr. Eggman in Sonic. He's been doing the role ever since Sonic X and still does it to this day. Can you give us a number? Like how, how many years has that been since Sonic X? 19. 19, 19 years. So it's the same role for 19 years and inspired you to sort of um, get going. Was it like his performances or his, his demeanor? Or, 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 or can, can you point to like a specific... Honestly, I'd probably say his performance as Eggman in the Sonic Boom TV show. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to watch that quite a bit back when we used to get Sky. And I just, and Eggman just, like, he's just so funny in the show. And he's just such a fun character as well as a whole. And while I can't do the, the Mike Pollock Eggman voice, I can sort of do a Dean Bristow Eggman voice, who was the actor before him. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's, that, that sounds um, pretty cool. Um, I must admit, the I am very new to, uh, I know very little about the voice acting world. So if I do ask questions that sound really stupid, um, just bear with me. No worries. <laughs> um, so we also talked in our, in our, in our private messages um, about pastimes, voice acting pastimes. You, you told me what they were, but can you explain what they are for our listeners? Going back to the Ace Attorney thing, I, when I'm playing through an Ace Attorney game, I just like to put my own voice on the character, like on, well, on the characters, even if they have their own voices. Because most of the time in Ace Attorney, like the character, there's like really only dialogue during like actual major story twists and product and stuff like the major story moments now well at least it's more than there was before ace attorney 4 yeah where they where there was literally just voice clips of like objection take that hold it and stuff like that but also with something like with other murder mysteries like danganronpa for example like half of that like half of that well half of each chapter in that is not voiced the other half is, so I usually just try to pretend to dub over the half that isn't voiced, if all of that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Sort of like muting a piece of media and then sort of filling in the words 
kind of for them. It sounds like it, that's that's almost great practice for voice acting. Oh, it is. It is. So could that be a possible route in for somebody who is literally just starting out in voice acting to just sort of dub over other other creations? Oh yeah, that is definitely a great practice, great method of practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, we also talked that there were also different exercises um, yeah. that one could do. Have, have you got a particular favourite? Well, I'm getting ready to start recording lines. Well, there's three preparations I like to make. A, have a Granny Smith apple. I don't know the science behind it, but it basically does stuff to clear stuff in the throat, which makes the voice sound more clearer. An apple? B, yeah, a Granny Smith apple to be more specific. Okay. B, uh, have some lukewarm water nearby, mm-hmm. which does uh, something similar. I, yet again, I don't know the science behind all this, so you probably have to look it up yourself. And see, uh, just put on a random song and make random mouth noises to the tune of said song. Oh, fair deuce. Um, So they all kind of part of your preparation to record? Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you don't just rock up to the mic and speak. Oh, that would be a, that would be very, that would make things a lot easier and quicker. But no, I don't do that. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I'm also imagining with voice acting and the voice acting industry that there's lots of different kind of routes and different uh, fields that one could go in. I know in the links that you provided with me, I also saw that you take commissions. I didn't realise that was a thing. Do you want to tell me a bit about that? Uh, Basically, like, well, have you heard of art commissions and writing commissions? Yep. Basically, it's the same as those, just with voice acting instead of like being commissioned to write something or being commissioned to draw something you're being commissioned to act in someone's lines okay that i didn't realize that was a thing because i always assumed there was like this kind of mysterious process behind getting on a project um sort of like because i did performing arts when i was 16 and i'm used to that world of auditions so Oh, there are auditions with voice acting. Like, it's a lot more accessible and easier to get into now than it was 10 years ago. Because mm-hmm. like, we've got places like Twitter, Casting Call Club, Voice Actors League, mm-hmm. and so many others that, like, that host public casting calls that can be accessed by literally anyone. That sounds like that's a great thing for the industry, then, getting more voices in, more diverse voices. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So what about, let's jump back to recording and, and the preparation to recording. So you talked about your little things that you like to do, your little ritual, you sort of, you do exercises to, to a particular song. Um, I won't, I, I, I won't force you to, to do them on this podcast. Uh, we talked about food and drink as well. Um, is there anything else that one might need to prepare for a role? Um. Well, this well, this is, probably isn't really effective for everyone. A good idea is to just try and get into the mind of the mm-hmm. character and basically become them. Yeah. Rather, rather than just like just saying out the lies, because in my experience, if you basically become the character, the lies will sound a lot more natural. Mm-hmm. I think. Is that sort of kind of related to, because I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, and one of the advice they give to DMs 
is sort of try to almost use your body is that something that you do as well oh yeah voice acting we a lot of us use our bodies like a lot even if you don't see it on camera because mm-hmm. like going back to the inspiration for a second with Mike Pollock like he's mentioned in an interview before that he's used well I don't know if it's an interview or directly on his website but I remember that he's mentioned at one point that he often uses body language to when recording lines even though you never actually see him do it. Mm-hmm. Can you maybe sort of like give us like like sort of like an example? Like if I was to play a character that was big and boisterous, I'd make myself as kind of big as possible. And but, yeah, that would, that would honestly work. But what do you mean by like example? Like, can you just expand on that real quick? Yeah, it's sort of like um, if I wanted to maybe uh, project my voice and play play uh, Boris Johnson. Uh, perhaps I'd probably sort of like puff my chest a little bit and um, probably st- 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 stammer over my words just slightly. Um, is that making sense to you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that is one way to do it, but I do something slightly different to getting hatched as Boris. Oh, go for it. Uh, what do you do? Well, I basically, what I basically do when I'm like getting into characters Boris, I like put myself into his mind, essentially, and just like, and just spout out all the random bullshit that comes to my head. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a political commentary there. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, nah, I do that with all the politicians I voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that assessment, uh, regardless of what side of the house they're on. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about your satire in a moment. But I'm also really curious about um equipment and the equipment that one might need like can you get started with really little or do you need to have somewhat of an investment well you could get started with really little like when i started properly doing voice acting i started with a gaming headset mm-hmm. yeah i don't remember the model of it but i That's do fair. remember it was a i do remember it was a co-toy yeah but so yeah, just... i started with yeah, when I oh, you, you continue. I don't know. So I was just going to clarify. So just like a gaming ex- a headset that I could maybe buy from game or wherever. Yeah, yeah. Well, literally, as long as it, as long as you can hear your voice, as long as your voice is hearable, mm. you're ready to get started as a voice actor. Nice, epic. Um, so from all that I'm hearing, it sounds like voice acting as an industry is becoming more accessible for everyone. Oh yeah, definitely. Like mm-hmm. it's a lot. It, I feel like part of that is due to COVID and the lockdown, and when everything just went remote. Oh, right, tell, tell me a bit about that. Tell, tell, tell me what happened during COVID. Uh, basically, I feel like well, with voice acting and COVID, like everything was remote and people were recording from home, but that also opened the floodgates to allow a lot more indie and newer voice actors into the industry. And ways to actually like properly get into it. Like nice. sure, there had been ways, there had been other ways before, but it hadn't been as easy as it has been now. Like it is now more easier than ever before mm-hmm. to get into voice acting. Mm-hmm. That sounds like that's great for the industry, great for the business, and great for uh, voice actors and people running projects. Oh, it is. Although Funimation and Crunchyroll, honestly, right now the less said about them, the better. Is that something you want to go into, or shall we leave that by the side? Uh, 
leave it by the side. I'm sure another one will probably want to get into it. Like another voice actor you interview anymore. Like, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Get into it. fair enough. Um so obviously now I can hear your voice. Um you're obviously not using that gaming headset anymore. Uh, oh, no. tell me tell me about the equipment that you use. Well, now I use a AT2020 XLR microphone with fully equipped with interface and like and a, and a like little I still can't remember what the name of it is, but those protective sound thingies that like can bend. I, I don't know what the name of them are. Are they the like sort of like look like a big circle that go in front of the they mic? They look like a semicircle that go behind the mic. Okay. Um, if you find out what that is, let me know and I can edit in, um, edit in a sort of a postscript, uh, if you will. Future Tom here. We found out they're called isolation shields. So remind me, what's the name of that mic again? AT2020, the XLR model. Mm -hmm. So is that something that's like really affordable or is it really expensive, if you don't mind me asking? Well, the microphone itself, that only cost me around £88. But this other stuff, like the interface and the stand and like the audio thingy, that the sound thingy I can't remember the name of, like all together, this whole setup cost me around £200. Okay, so that's not too bad. Nah, yeah, but not really. And plus, if you have a look at like the prices of some like studio quality microphones, it's damn cheap. Mm -hmm. It's like those can go often two, three thousand pounds. Wow. Yeah. That's that's um that's that's a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, and I that's don't really my ever see my and plus those are plus those microphones are really only ever intended to be used in proper professional studios and yeah. not in homes. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Um yeah, so I imagine you are you mentioned working from home, you work from home um for your um for your voice acting yeah uh do you want to tell me sort of like a bit about that like how do you stop like housemates and and family just barging in uh because i know i would do that uh to to my siblings just to annoy them um <laughs> <laughs> uh, well they right now like well right now I don't really have to worry about that because finally they they don't come in without knocking. Yeah. At least let me know in advance. <laughs> but before they started doing that, uh, I used to basically put my mattress up against my door, which would stop it from opening. Okay. Uh, that sounds a tad sort of extreme, but it also sounds like now they're understanding sort of boundaries and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to a younger voice actor who has dealt with that problem? What would you tell them to do? Uh, well, firstly, like, I'd tell them to basically get their, like, ask their parents, well, ask their family or parents or whoever it is they live with, like, to not come into their room between mm -hmm. a certain time frame. Mm -hmm. So, and if they respect that boundary, then, well, they don't need to do anything more. Yeah. But if they, no, if they do respect the boundary, they don't need to do anything more. Yeah. Uh, but if they don't respect the boundary, then I would honestly recommend, like, putting a mattress up against their door if the okay. door doesn't have a lock, mm -hmm. like mine. 
Okay. Um, so you mentioned the mattress there, and in in my in my arbitrary Google search, um, in an attempt to be prepared for this episode, I also saw that there were things that people do to their room that sort of help kind of absorb sound or like reduce echoes. Do you get where I'm going with this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like basically, like putting soundproof foam all over their walls or recording area. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming I- that's what you're referring to. Yeah, soundproof foam sounds expensive. It is not. Like on Amazon, you can get a pack of 24 for 15 pounds. Okay, that's how big, how big are they? Uh, I actually don't know the size measurements. Just give an estimate, give an estimate. Um, uh, honestly, if I had a ruler, I'd be able to actually make a proper <laughs> estimate, but uh, I don't know. My guess is probably around. Six to seven centimeters. Feathers, feathers, and then you just put loads of them together, and um, yeah, yeah, and then so like you've got to, I imagine you've got to be really careful about your environment as well, and kind of any other sort of noises and echoes. It, 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 does that sound about right? Yep, it's especially annoying, like because in this area I live in, either a kids are playing outside when I mm. want to record. Which is very loud. Yeah, children. Or B, <laughs> or B, some, or B, some idiot decides it'd be a fun idea to show off their modified car. Ah, uh, yes, uh, the old modified cars—a subject I know nothing about. Uh, <laughs> but who knows? Oh, maybe I'll, I. Maybe I'll find someone uh, who has a modified car and bring them on and learn a little bit more. Um, so I imagine also that you've got the hardware sorted, you've got the environment sorted, but I imagine also software is something that you have to um, contend with. Uh, what software do you use? Uh, well, there's two I use. There's a fr- there's Audacity, which mm-hmm. is the most famous one, mm-hmm. and that is free. Mm-hmm. Or there's Reaper, which has a free trial, but then you have to pay for and. I think it's around £69. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I'm going to need to double check that later. Fair dues, fair dues. Uh, what do you use, uh, Reaper? What do you use Audacity for? Uh, well, I mostly use Audacity for recording and editing. Because mm-hmm. I still have yet to actually properly sit down and learn Reaper. Fair dues, fair dues. Uh, is it like something that's sort of like industry grade or like really complex? Uh, it's, I'd say it's sort of in the middle mm-hmm. that's like, from what i've seen at the interface yeah it's just sort of in the middle like not industry grade like something like i don't know adobe voice which costs an extortionate amount of money mm-hmm. i actually don't know the name of the program or like or like audacity which is great for like beginners and simple fan projects yeah all right wonderful um so you've got the hardware the software and um, sort of like your environment, so it kind of all laid into place. So what's sort of next? I imagine you just sort of, do you just sort of go straight to a fandom or do you wait for a project to come in? Uh, do you um, take a commission? What, what, what would you do um, when you're sort of like looking for something to work on? Uh, well, I usually like browse Twitter and Casting Call Club for auditions. Mm-hmm. Or if like inspiration strikes me, 
which it sometimes does and it sometimes doesn't. I'll also work on like the Parliament parody. Mm-hmm. But that one, I really have to like actually keep on a rush in order for it in order for each episode to actually work. Keep on the rush? Basically, like keep on like whenever I see something like in politics that I want to make fun of with that one, mm. I have to do it as soon as possible. Ah, okay. Otherwise, yeah, it's one of those things that if not done as soon as possible, it won't work. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so why did you decide to do political commentary in the first place? Honestly, I've just always been a fan. I don't know why, but I've just always been a fan of political humor, especially mm-hmm. with like Russell Howard and Jimmy Carr. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've heard of those two. Yeah, no, definitely heard of, definitely heard of them. <laughs> yeah. That, but yeah, like, well, those were two of the inspirations for the parody, but there were also two more. Like, there's the aforementioned spitting image. Yeah. Also, like newsoids. I, I I think I remember that somewhat vaguely. Was that like 2009, 2010 when that came out? I think that was like 2013, 2014. Oh, okay. There is basically sort of like, from what, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was basically sort of like spiritual sequel or successor to the original Spitting Image. And it sounds like because um, like Spitting Image and Newsoids and, and the programs that sort of, sort of come over them, they're full of hyperbole and over-the-top characters um, yeah. in, in their parodies. And we've got a clip here from your own uh, series that very much follows that. Um, tell, us, tell us a bit about your uh, series, what really happens inside the House of Commons. Uh, well, basically, it's a series I started with a... Well, I started it on my own initially, and I just basically watched like random bits of footage of Parliament, and mm. firstly, try not to fall asleep. <laughs> also, like once the footage ends, I mute it and play it back, then just say some random shit to like the to the uh, voice, like to the lip movements of each person, mm-hmm. and. It's honestly a lot more harder and complex than I'm making it sound, to be honest with you. Fair enough, fair enough. Because, like, during each episode, I also have to think of, like, some jokes. Mm-hmm. Right. I have to both think of them while watching the clip and on the spot. Yeah. What I've got prepped here is a clip from the episode episode three. And we are... I'm going to share it on our cool swell. Um, we are about to join the Houses of Parliament in the middle of a really intense debate. Let's take a listen. The Prime Minister Secretary has apologies for... I don't know what he's apologised for, but... Uh, wait, no, it's not him. It's Leader of the House who apologised, and someone was following someone else's lead. But what happened? I have no idea. Uh, will he say sorry? No because we don't know how to apologise. Mr. Speaker, yes, Mr. Speaker, as I'm saying, yes, I am just saying Mr. Speaker, yes, and I don't know what I'm talking about, because I am just waffling on. Then again, who who in here doesn't waffle on? I'm, yes, I'm just waffling. A waffle, 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 waffle. No, I want waffles. Can I have some waffles, please? Can someone please make me some waffles? Do you like waffles? Of course I do. Who doesn't like waffles? I mean, waffles are so tasty. And now waffles doesn't even sound like a real word anymore. And blah, blah, blah. And yes, 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 blah, 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 yes. 
That sounds just like Boris Johnson. I <laughs> <laughs> see. I'm still like, despite the fact that the quality is much worse than what I have now, because like my setup was very different back then. Yeah, I am still proud of that waffle sit bit. Mm-hmm. It sounds like like just the way you're talking about it. It's something that brings you joy, doesn't it? Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. And I think also, um, obviously, this is an audio podcast, but the video we'll be watching is very much stopping over the houses of commons like actual parliament footage that we and we talked about earlier on fandoms it's it's the same kind of thing maybe yeah just like yeah uh, just it's uh, like fandoms uh that parliament parody really caters to a specific audience mm-hmm. rather than like a whole general audience yeah i uh, don't tell me about your about the audience that you uh, cater for with your um with your parodies Honestly, the audience I just care for, like, really, with that, it's just whoever finds it funny, really. Yeah. I don't really cater to anyone specific. And if people take that seriously, then that's all on them. Because at the start of every episode, there's a warning that it's just a parody, it's intended for laughs, and nothing in the videos express my actual political views. Mm -hmm. I think also, though, the things that like sort of like spinning image and newsoids, uh, Jimmy Carr, um, Russell Howard and and your own parody do as well, um, is they they sort of make politics more accessible. They kind of cut through uh, all of the noise to deliver what is the core message of what's happening in the country, don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm hmm. All right. So obviously that's just one of the projects that you have been working on. Uh, What other projects do you have um, right now that you could possibly talk about? Well, there's like Doraemon, the Doraemon fandom, which you briefly mentioned like right at the start. Yep. That I play the character Sneech in. And it's one of those like projects that's close to my heart because back in the mid 2010s, like, like when I was just getting into voice acting, I kind of watched Doraemon a lot. Like, and it just like, and it just basically became a comfort show for me. Yeah. So, like, although it's not official, to give something back to that franchise honestly means a lot. Well, that's wonderful. Um, can you tell us um, what what Doraemon is? And uh, it's basically a Japanese. It's basically an anime uh, which focuses on the misadventures of like a group of kids and their time traveling cat. Well, not just time traveling, but like, well, I, it does a lot of stuff basically. Yeah. Um, and the basic each episode is like they're only five minutes long, and each episode is pretty chaotic. Yeah, really, really chaotic. Um, what else? Do you what else can you talk about? Um, because obviously I know you've got projects in the pipeline that you have to keep very, very quiet. Uh, but what's a project that you'd love to highlight on this show? There's also another one which has a pilot out, but I'm not in it, but I am in it from episode two onwards. Um, can you tell us about that? And that's an original show called Galaxy Rivals. Okay. Like, and episode two has its trailer out, which I won't lie, I've been vibing to the music a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And basically, like, each... And I cannot say much of that, or much about that one without, like, possibly breaking any... About poss- 
Basically, I haven't got permission to say a That's whole lot fair. about that one. Let's let's move away from that one just for a moment. Um, I'm sure you can, however, you can sort of plug where we can find it. Oh, definitely. Uh, where, where would we find it? Jahil Lali, Lali's YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Like, that's got the pilot on there and the trailer for episode two. Uh, wonderful. And we've also got your own channel as well that we can talk about. Um, your, um, your YouTube channel, uh, Ashley Tyrell Fie. Um, yep. That one can get to and find your uh, projects. All right. Yeah, although, um, so are you go. Yeah, although right now on there is mostly just the political parody, but I have been thinking about possibly adding some more stuff onto there. Mm. But I've basically been like a creative block in regards to that. All right. Well, hopefully that block passes soon, and you can sort of just get some uh, get some awesome content out there. All right. Is there anything else you want to highlight before we close off this show with our questionnaire? Actually, yeah, there is one thing. Uh, this main story I've been writing in my spare time. T- tell me about that. Uh, basically, it's the story. It's called Blood Renegades, and chapter and the prologue and chapters one to four are out on Wattpad already. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's about like this kingdom that has been that is ruled by a king with an iron fist. And it's up to the titular Blood Renegades to like overthrow the king and put the rightful queen back in the, on the throne. Except like with a slight problem. Uh, one of the Blood Renegades, they have a very dark secret. Mm-hmm. If that secret was to get out, then that would basically make the Blood Renegades collapse. Ah, yes. And of course, to find out the secret, our viewers are going to have to go, or our listeners are going to have to go over there uh, Go to Wattpad, find uh, Blood Renegades, and give it a listen. Um, It's not not listening yet, it's just reading. I I do beg your pardon. You know what? I am in podcast world. It is. (laughs) um, Yes, give it a read. There we go. That's what we're going to do. I won't be open. I won't be against like making it into an audio book when all 10 chapters are out. I mean, there's nothing stopping you. You've got the equipment already. It sounds like a, a great project to work on. Hmm, true, but it's it, I need like a whole bunch of voice actors, and I want to get the actual story itself finished before I worry about like making it into an audiobook. That's fair. That's fair. All right, to close us off, we're going to be taking some questions that uh, are from the Prost questionnaire. These questions were then later adapted by Bernard Pivot, and then later by James Lipton, and now I present my adaptation to you these are 10 very quick fire questions what is your favorite word Um, food food that sounds good i like food what is your least favorite word boulder dash boulder dash it's an august word what engages you games videos, music, anything really. Mm-hmm. And what disengages you? Being told, like being called by someone, like mm-hmm. whether it's on the phone or called out in the distance or whatever. What sound or noise do you love? Menu sound effect for when you make a choice in the Yakuza main menu. Well, mm-hmm. Yakuza pause or main menus. 
Mm -hmm. It sounds like music and noise is something that's very important to you. Yes. What sound or noise do you hate? Really, that really high-pitched noise that, like, you can't hear if you're over a certain age. I Do you want to go into detail about that? It's hard to describe it, but basically, like, if you're over a certain age, like, I think it's like 25 to cut off. Uh, there's a, well, if you're under like a certain age, there's a noise that you can, that sometimes you hear that's just really annoying and distracting. Mm-hmm. All right. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh, damn, never really thought about that one. Uh, Game dev. What profession would you not like to do? Police. If you could say only one statement to any one person, what would that statement be and who would that person be? To teenage me, uh, it'd be like, it'd be something like, ignore everyone who hates you. Ignore like all those people who give you shit for what you want to do. Just focus on you and yourself and like just focus on what you want to do and you'll do amazing things. Ashley Casey Tyrell, thank you for your time. You have just listened to a production of Tom Meets Interesting People. If you are interested in taking part in this podcast or you know somebody that might make a great guest, please email us at tommeetsinterestingpeople at gmail.com We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Guests may provide material which demonstrates their work. It is the understanding that this material does not infringe on the copyright of others, and the guest has signed a release form confirming that they have obtained permission for the copyrighted material to be played on this podcast. All other rights reserved. Copyright 2022.